This podcast is presented by Ride for Mental Health, an organization dedicated to breaking the mental health stigma in the action sports community. To support our cause, you can purchase merchandise or donate directly on our website at rideformh.org. We appreciate your support. Welcome to the Tell Me More podcast. I am Pippa Scott, founder of Ride for Mental Health. Just a reminder to please tell your friends you love them. I hope you enjoy. Welcome back to the Tell Me More podcast. Today I am with Amy Weston. Hi, how are you? Hi, Pippa. Good to see you. It's good to see you too. Let's just get right into it. Let's start off by telling me a little bit about what you do regarding mental health. So unfortunately, one of my son's classmates died by suicide last September and a bunch, she was a soccer goalie and a bunch of the moms got together and we make these little hearts that say, need to talk text 988 because in uh, September last year, that was almost a brand new thing. It had come out in July and not a lot of people knew that you could text it. They thought it was a phone call only kind of thing. So we wanted to get this word out and because she was a soccer goalie, we started it originally with old soccer jerseys and fuzzy jammies. And then we have since learned that that jams up the sewing machine, so we don't use that anymore. But it is still 100% donated materials and all made by volunteers. And it literally costs us nothing because everyone donates material and fiber fill and the lavender that goes in them and the markers that write on them and the scissors we cut with and sewing machines. There's over 100 volunteers that work on them on a continuing basis, rotating around because some people are busy now but not later. And then uh, we've given out 11,000 since we started last year. So exciting. It really is. I'm so excited. How do you stay no cost? By pure donations. So when we work with like, when we did it at Tower Hill, they gave us some fiber fill and other people donate material when a relative passes away and they clean out that craft room from Aunt Susie. They say, can you use this? And I say, of course we can. And we wash it and then we use it and that sort of thing. And then just all the light, the labor is free because it's all volunteers. And a lot of kids need volunteer hours for either scouts or for their CCD class or for a national honor society. So we sign off on a lot of forms saying, yes, they cut hearts for two hours. And how do you figure out like that you could delegate all of these tasks? Like, how did you realize that people would help you with this? I just asked. So, you know, I have that kind of face. People just help. (laughs) So it was originally from the uh, group chat with the other moms, five moms got together originally. And then when we started having more and more requests, more people started to chime in and help. Hey, I can help you stuff. Hey, I can help you cut. And it's the kind of thing that if you're watching TV on a random night, you can cut hearts while you're watching TV. So that's really helpful. Yeah. How did you decide that you were going to stuff the hearts with lavender? Oh, no, that's a funny story. So my Aunt Lillian down in Tom's River grows lavender, and she knows that I make lavender lemonade in the summer for my parties. And she, we had gone down to Wildwood for a soccer tournament, and she said, Amy, I have all this lavender for you. And I said, oh, fabulous. And I had to stop and pick it up, and it was like monster amount. And I was very busy, and I threw it on the uh, table on the back porch, and Ken kept saying, what are you doing with that? I said, it's drying. And it dried for about four months. And he's like, can I throw it out? I'm like, oh, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use it for something. And it ended up that we 
used it in the pillows to make them smell better. And it helps you relax to smell lavender and sleep better. So when you're stressed out, you can smell it and it, it sort of helps your brain calm down. Is it hard to get your hands on lavender? I feel like having like stuffers and people to sew would be like easier, but I feel like lavender would be like a tricky one. So I get a big batch from Aunt Lillian every spring, which is a lot. That'll probably make 500 hearts. And then you can actually buy culinary grade lavender to put in them. They sell it in bags. So it's about 10 or $12 a bag. And we have a stockbroker that donates that for us that I work with. Um, another thing that I've been wondering about is where did you learn how to sew? Ah, now that is a funny story. And I'm sure you have never stayed out past when you were supposed to as a teenager. But this one particular time I did. And my mother decided that my punishment was making the curtains for the porch. And I said, but mom, there's 21 windows on the porch. And she said, do you want them to have a valance too? I said, nope. And I learned how to sew curtains as a punishment for staying out late after the Rocky Horror Picture Show when I was a teenager. Have you had to teach anybody how to sew? I've taught taught a few people how to sew, but there's mm, five to 10 women in the group that sew. So we can all, that's actually the shortest part of the project, the cutting, the tracing, the labeling, the stuffing, that probably takes 25 minutes. And the sewing portion is normally a minute and a half. So it's very fast, that part. How long have you been doing it for? Since September of last year. So with already having made 11,000, how do you like keep up your motivation? I talked to Pippa. (laughs) Knowing I went most recently to a luncheon for SPTS, the Society for Prevention of Teenage Suicide, this past Friday, and to see what kinds of things they do in the community and the outreach there and different things, and to hear the stories of how these hearts are helping people, because I only make them, I don't get to see where they go, but they come up to me and they say, Oh, I love this one. It's got my favorite color. And oh, look at this. And oh, it smells like lavender. So when they tell me those kinds of things, that really warms my heart and keeps me going. I love that. I love SBTS and I wanted to go to that luncheon. But I think that when I got the hearts, when we brought them to nationals last year, I like agree with all of that. I was so excited to have them. And it was definitely something that like just people's faces lit up because I think having something that they can hold is just like a physical item and it's like attached to a really good message, I think is like makes the difference. Yep. And we like to say small enough to fit in your pocket, but maybe just big enough to help. Yeah. I love that. That's great. Mm -hmm. Can you tell me the story of how you decided to use Bigger Than Belford? Well, that's where I'm from is the town is Belford and it's a quiet little town. There's a fisherman over here and it's a lot of blue collar people and it's just this bucolic kind of quiet place. And when suicide hit here, it hit me particularly hard because I didn't think that that was something that could happen here. But as we started giving out these pillows and people started asking, we realized it really is not just in Belford, it's everywhere. Everybody has a connection that they don't want to somebody who died by suicide. And sometimes they talk about it and sometimes they don't, but everybody needs comfort and everybody needs encouragement and everybody needs the tools. So that's what we're trying to do. Get that out there. And you're a mom to two teenagers. How do you think that this affects your household? 
So I am very fortunate that this is not a traditional type household. Ken does the cooking. I hardly ever cook. Owen does the laundry and I'm probably the only adult being scolded by a teenager that I have not put my laundry away. And if I don't, he's not going to wash anymore. Connor does the dishes. So by them doing all of the things that a lot of moms get tied up in, it frees me up for a lot of charity, a scout leader. And, you know, I can do a lot of different things and because I don't have to do a lot of the day to day because they do it. You keep on mentioning like so many like different tasks that you do. How do you just like do all of it well? Because you do the hard so well. And then you also have like a nine to five job and you're a parent. <laughs> like how do you, do, what do you do that makes you be able to do all your tasks? consistency. I go to bed at nine, as Pippa knows. I hardly ever stay up past nine. I almost <laughs> always get up between five and six. And it's just the routine of it all. You you get up and you do, I'll sew or I'll cut a little hearts in the morning and I can do things on the week. You just, the routine, you just keep, you have a task list and you just work your way through it. I understand that. I think that, do you have like rituals that you do to kind of calm you down or is that more just like the hearts calm you down? So when I get up and I'm working on these, can't sew on the sewing machine before six because it wakes up the boys and they get cranky. So you can cut hearts before six. And then at six, I'll switch over to sewing because then they're getting up and getting ready for school. And I think just the repetitive cutting and, you know, knowing that stacking them up and that these are going somewhere, that calms you down. What do you think has been the biggest impact that the hearts have made like it could be in your life or if you've seen it like through someone else's life like the favorite story that you have with the hearts now that's hard because I have so many favorite stories. The Pippa story was pretty cool where we had given out 2,000 hearts from September to February. And then our, our dear friend Stacy from SPTS said, can you make 2,000? I said, sure. She said, can that be in two weeks? I said, in two weeks. And I took a deep breath and I said, yes. And I like crossed my fingers and said, God, please help me with this. And my favorite niece in the whole world said to me, well, if anybody can do it, you can. And I said, ah. That warms my heart that my favorite niece said that. But we started on Facebook. Hello, we need help with these hearts. They're going to the Olympics trainings in Colorado. And who can cut and who can sew and who can stuff? And everybody stepped up. And I think people are at my house every single night from 7 to 10 and on the weekends. And we had the track team here stuffing them. And that was a really cool story, getting it done in two weeks. Yeah. When I had heard so much about what you guys had done... And then how we lost the hearts. That was just... <laughs> and I, yeah, I was like, Stacy and Susan, I got on the phone with them and I was like, hey, I didn't know about these hearts, but I just heard. And I'm really excited to see them. But the tracking information is, there's nothing on it. And they were like, what are you talking about? Like, yeah. um, there's nothing. The tracking label leads to an abandoned warehouse. And yeah, the hearts were in the warehouse. Oh, dear. Yeah. So what I think is funny to that story is I had prayed very hard that people would be talking about these hearts, but I was not very clear in my prayer that they should have been talking about the hearts after they got them. Not everyone was talking to where are the hearts? Where are the hearts? I think that is one of my favorite ride for mental health stories was when we had got the hearts. I was a little bit in his like hysterics because I was like, (laughs) this is the first I'm doing for Ride for Mental Health. And it's a, it was a big one. Like we were dealing with a lot of people and SBTS wasn't there yet. I was kind of on my own and my parents weren't there yet either. Like all of my help wasn't there. 
and my whole snowboard team showed up and helped pack 2,000 bags with the hearts because, and this was at like later at night too, because that's when we had gotten the hearts. And it was just Mm -hmm. like such a community based like thing. It just showed me how many people were supporting me. I just feel like the hearts were just like such a big deal in that whole trip. They were a big deal to us too. I remember being like, there's no way we're going to be able to pack these bags. (laughs) And my coach was like, no, like we'll come. And I was like, no, it's okay. And then everybody showed up and they started helping me. And I was just like going to cry. I was in awe. That's what happens here. Everybody helps. It's so great when you like realize what kind of a community you're a part of. My next question would be, how did you get involved with SPTS? Ah, so this is an everybody knows everybody story. So Connor, my younger son, plays soccer with a woman who is a counselor at Brookdale. And the woman at Brookdale, Anne, is friends with Stacy. And I met them at Starbucks and they started, you know, they saw my hearts because we were giving them out to the guidance counselors have a meeting once a month. And we wanted to get these hearts out into the school because they don't do any good on my back porch, just sitting there. So we all met at Starbucks and they said they loved the hearts and could we get more? And then very shortly thereafter, then it was, can we get a lot more? <laughs> so, And we've been working on hearts ever since. When do you think was the moment that you realized that like the hearts were going to be a part of your life now? So it's actually funny. When we first started making the hearts, every mom has a group of friends. I call mine the Fabulous 15 and it's a group chat. It's who can pick, you know, every the boys up from the movies and who can drop them off at Applebee's and blah, blah, blah. And when we were setting down to do this, I said, I want to make these hearts and you guys can help me. I need pajamas and soccer shirts and some fiber fill if anybody has any. And, I'm, and I particularly need a cookie cutter that's shaped like a heart. I don't have any cookie cutters because I make a lot of pies. So somebody said, I'll order them for you. And that showed up first. And what I found out later is the woman that sent the heart cookie cutters, her husband had died by suicide. That was the very first thing that showed up for the project. And I thought that was amazing. And that sort of touched me. The very second thing that showed up was a box of fiber fill that is five feet tall and a foot square. And I thought, I was thinking of making 30 hearts for the soccer team. This is a lot of fiber fill, God, like maybe God has a a bigger thing. And then I said, all right, well, you know what? We'll just make hearts until we run out of fiber fill. And when we were about halfway through the box, somebody said, hey, I have more fiber fill. I put it on your porch. Can you use it? I was like, "Um, okay. (laughs) And we just kept making hearts. That's awesome. I love that. I think that there was just a need for you to make the hearts, like definitely in your community. And now it's, I mean, we're even sending them to Africa. Like they're just, they're helping a lot of people. Mm -hmm. That's the goal. The speaker from Friday's luncheon, her big point for talking was she's in the LGBTQ community. And she said that that was really hard for her to come out and that the percentage for suicide in that community is very high. And if people just knew that they mattered, that it would make a difference. So we're going to be making a special heart that's going to say, you matter on the one side, rainbow on the other, and the other side is going to say the normal need to talk message. So that's my project for this week to get the prototype done for that. So I think that we're finding out that these hearts are needed 
even where there's not the 988 number, they're needed in the LGBTQ community. I have an idea for the military hearts that say uh, no one left behind with camo. So that's going to be a cool thing to do. So just the ideas keep coming. Oh, and we put some in Spanish too, because we realize that not everyone speaks English. So we have that. We have a holiday version that say holidays are hard in the holiday patterns. So there's at least five different kinds of hearts, which I think is cool. Yeah, I love that. I think definitely for the hearts that you're doing for the LGBTQ plus community, you should look into the Trevor Project. That is for teenagers who are specifically in the LGBTQ community. And I've heard nothing but good things about the Trevor Project. Okay, we will check into that. What do you think has been the biggest takeaway from the hearts? Oh, so the thing that hit me the hardest was the, the my son's classmate was bullied and cyber bullied. And that was really hard for me to understand because it's not my generation. But recently I was cyber bullied for doing this because they thought that everything we do should reference their daughter. And everything I've learned from Stacy and the SPTS people says you have to make this more inclusive and include different groups and different things. So we are technically changing the name from Bigger Than Belford to A Stitch in Time Saves Lives. I love that. Yeah, because we're stitching. And if you can call that number in time in the crisis, it can really save a life. So I think we're going to stick with that as our new name. I love that. Yeah, I think that I learned a lot of that from SPTS too about glorifying suicide and how is like the appropriate way to share your story. And I think that definitely when we do things that regard mental health and kids that who have died by suicide, it's really hard to always make the right decision, especially mm-hmm. when you're personally affected. And I definitely, because we talked about the cyberbullying too, and I think it's easier, obviously, to make the comments through the phone just because they're not looking at you. And I also think that it was done more out of like a rational thought and not, it wasn't like a thought through thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. but I think that you learned a lot from it. And I also think that the person who did it learned a lot too. Because the comment was taken down, right? It was taken down. It hurt me very much. And I went radio silent. I did not even, I typically take pictures of the sunset or the sunrise and I say, good morning, Belford. Good evening, Belford. And I wasn't even putting that up. And my cousins were reaching out to me and saying, are you okay? I'm like, no, I'm not. Like that should not have happened. If I'm doing something good to help people, they should not be putting me down. And that really, really bothered me. So in true Amy fashion, I didn't talk to anybody and I cleaned the laundry room and got all the hearts and all these stuffing and everything organized. So now, which I think is kind of a funny thing. Like God made me get everything ready because the next big thing we're doing is working with youth councils across the state where the high school kids are going to be making the hearts, the tracing and the cutting and the labeling and the stuffing, and we'll just be sewing them. So we'll be able to get even more out there. So I think God used that hard time for me to like prepare me for the next thing. So I think that's kind of cool. Yeah, I think that's really cool. I just want to thank you so much for being on the podcast and for taking time to talk with me today. Thank you for having me. This is my very first podcast and I'm so excited. 
Thank you for listening to the Tell Me More podcast. I am your host, Pippa Scott. Please subscribe if you like what you're hearing, and don't forget, tell your friends you love them.